You're listening to Rocket Night. Anita Stewart, and it's September 3rd, and we're here at Curtis Hickson Park with Noel Rockford of UNRB. And um, I've got a lot of questions for you, but let me start with this. Why ukulele? I don't know. Um, I, I picked up a lot of instruments in middle and high school. You know, I was, I was a band nerd, uh, and I just I loved the idea of being able to make any sound that you want to hear in your head. Um, so I started learning drums and piano and, and bass, everything, to try to recreate the sounds that I was, you know, hearing and, and I wanted to put out there in the world. So that's when I started songwriting. I picked up ukulele in Hawaii. I went on vacation there for a week just before I turned 14. And I came back with the ukulele and three chords, enough to play Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Um, and I started, when I played guitar, I learned on a nylon string guitar, so that's probably part of it. Aesthetically, it feels similar. Um, it's got fewer strings, it's smaller, it's more portable. Uh, people still stop me on the street because they went to high school with me and they're like, you're the guy who was playing ukulele in between classes in the hallway. Because I would just get it out of my backpack, I'd walk around in the hallways to my locker playing ukulele. Uh, I think just because I got that much more practice time on it, because it was always just in my hands, it was around. Uh, I really attached to it. Like, no particular reason I didn't consciously decide ukulele is going to be my thing. It just, it felt, it felt right. And when I started a band, I decided to keep playing the ukulele. Now, you do a lot of genre mixing. So a lot of it, a lot of what I hear is pop, reggae, ska. But if you were to describe the band, what genre would you say you all are? We're still talking about that ourselves. We're trying to figure it out. The ska backbone is very present. You can hear that a lot in the rhythms and, and the horn lines. The influences are, are clearly present. Uh, but we take it in a lot of different directions, like you said. Creative Loafing actually gave us a Critics Pick Award for uh, the first Best of the Bay that we won. It was uh, Best Ska Fusion. And so Ska Fusion, it's... Uh, um, I love cooking beef stew, so you throw in a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and, you know, you eventually get this delicious stew. So uh, we have ska as, like, the, the base, that's our broth, and then we just start throwing in little bits of genres that we like, and again, I didn't decide that the ukulele had to be my shtick. We didn't decide that we had to be a ska band. We're just writing songs that we like, and uh, all those little, those little details from other artists come through, like... Uh, our drummer's a huge metalhead. Um, most of our horn players love, you know, laid-back jazz. Um, our bass player's a solid punk rocker. And I grew up listening to the Beatles, so it just it goes everywhere. Now, did all of you grow up in musical families, or were you all band nerds, or how did that happen? Definitely band nerds. Um, I'd say Nick, our bass player, is the only one who didn't, do like high school concert band marching band stuff like that 
Um, but he was playing, again, the, the punk rock bass with the band. Um, Eric did percussion, you know, the big bass drums and, and gongs. I played trombone. All the horn players did their respective horns. Um, and even Nick started picking up upright bass in college, and he started playing, you know, classical style with a bow. So I met Eric, our drummer, at St. Pete College when we were all studying classical music together. Me, Nick on the bass, and Eric on percussion. Nick and I had already played together in high school, so when I was writing these songs, I kind of pulled him aside like, hey, can you learn these bass parts? And then Eric actually heard one day that we were starting a band, and he told me, he's like, I'm playing drums for your band. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah. So, um, and that's, that's another thing that you hear come through in our music is um, that, that tight musicianship. With a four-piece horn section, they're really paying attention to make sure that all those little dips and nuances are exactly in time with each other, that they cut off at the, at the same time. Nobody's overpowering one another. And you can hear that, that attention to detail in the musicianship for UNRB songs. That was one of the things I was going to comment on was the fact that you see very few bands that are using a brass section that is that tight. But that is every bit as tight as like Earth, Wind and Fire brass, I would say, because when you look at the video, the house on Lime Street, I mean, that's just number one. It's a wild ass video. I love it. I love it because it's a party video. And a lot of people would watch that and say, "Okay, this is a party band. But you guys did some incredible musicianship on that as well. And my next question, of course, seeking right into it, is who directed that video and who who had the idea for the concept of that video? Um, The concept made itself. That's a true story about our trombone player's old house up in Tarpon Springs. We played a little uh, coffee house a few blocks away in the downtown district. No booze allowed. Um, That was really early on. One One of the good things that we started noticing that UNRB could go further is when people couldn't fit in the coffee house anymore. We had more people showing up than they could physically hold. So they're spilling out into the street, the, the back door's open and they're, they're listening in. And so all these people wanted to party with the band because, you know, we're fun guys. Like that music video is just, uh, that's, that's us. Um, our friend Mike Plant shot the video and, and we kind of co-directed it because uh, the story is we would all go to Andy's house after the show and we would have crazy parties similar not not as full tilt as the music video but that was the inspiration so mike set up the shots he saw where and and how much how wide of an angle he wanted to shoot and we invited all of our friends told them to wear their craziest costumes bring ridiculous props and um between us and mike we kind of co-set up the shots figuring out who was going to be involved in what scenes who's going to be playing this drinking game who's going to be kayaking out in the water who's yeah just uh it was a very collaborative effort and um whose whose idea was the pineapple and why did the pineapple show up in a lot of the shots (laughs) the pineapple is a recurring joke in unrb my electric ukulele is shaped like a pineapple uh, and that has led to countless yeah little hidden jokes easter eggs our first album, Inform the Masses, the album cover, has a lot of little details hidden in it. And somewhere in there, there's at least one, if not two pineapples, I want to say. I know there's one hidden on the album cover. And so uh, we decided to put the album, or the, the pineapple, in the music video. 
if you watch that video over and over again, you can see the path that the pineapple takes throughout the night. Um, and we took a we took a pineapple with us on tour up to Milwaukee. We had a pineapple in the bus, <laughs> and we kept it as long as we could as our mascot. But eventually, we had to eat it. We had to eat it. It was brutal. It was Lord of the Flies. We ate the pineapple. Oh my God! Um, did you have any questions? I'm thinking of a few more. Was this your first tour outside of Florida when you went to Wisconsin? We've we've done a couple regional tours. We got out to New Orleans and Atlanta for a couple festivals a few years back. Once we were accepted uh, to play live on a radio show up in New York. It was uh, the real radio show. It was the direct lead-in to Dee Snyder's show. So it was a really great time slot. And just as a one-off weekend, we booked a bunch of shows in New York City. And then it turns out that um, both of the shows moved days so it was still after the D. Snyder show, but it was on a day that we weren't going to be in town anymore, so we couldn't do the radio interview. We just decided to go play a couple days in New York City and come back. Uh, but this was the first really big cross-country tour. Summerfest is the biggest music festival in terms of sheer size in the country. And it was a, an offer that was too good for us to pass up. So we got in the UNR bus with our pineapple and our gear. And uh, we strung together as many shows as we could on the way there, on the way back. And it was a good learning experience. We survived 11 days in a tiny bus and didn't kill each other. Um, and now we're just we're itching to get back out on the road. We got the first really big tour under our belts. And we're already looking forward to putting out the new album, getting out on the next tour. Um, I can't confirm anything yet, but there's a strong possibility that we could be doing Warped Tour in 2016. So that would be very good for us if we can get that together. How long have you actually been together? We just celebrated our five-year anniversary. Woo! Do, 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 do. Um, back in August, August fourteenth, five years to the day of our very first show. We uh, we just did our show at a uh, where was it? Skipper Smokehouse. I wasn't expecting to be able to like hit it right on the five-year mark, so that was a pleasant surprise. It was a Friday, and it worked out. Um, this core group has been together four of the five years, too. We had a couple of horn substitutions really early on, but that's part of why we're so tight uh, live and in the studio is because we've been playing together. We know how these guys approach certain parts, and we know each other's personalities, so we genuinely just get along. Very little, if any, disagreements in the band. And, again, like we're a party band, um, but again, that, that wasn't our goal. We never really had a particular idea of what the band should be. It's just, it's us, and we're having fun, and it comes through on stage. Uh, what is everybody listening to? What's in the CD player? <laughs> oh, man, uh, that's an individual question. You'd get seven different answers out of the guys. Um, what am I listening to right now? I'm, I'm still exploring the limitations of Spotify free right now. I will upgrade to premium eventually, but I'm getting some good playlists. A lot of uh, old school funk. Um, I've been really digging on Sly and the Family Stone lately. And that's part of our approach on the new album is uh, we're very good at, at doing a lot all at once. I want to try to pull it back a little bit and have each part come in at exactly the right moment and play exactly enough to perform its role. Sly and the Family Stone, those horns, they wouldn't come in and do much. But when they did, it was for maximum effect. And then they were gone. And 
you didn't realize how much you missed them until they came back. And I'm trying to I'm trying to really like piece together the new songs like that. And then I'm listening to Cage the Elephant too cuz I've probably said several times by now that we're not really looking to define ourselves or or limit ourselves to anything. And Cage the Elephant is a band that genuinely does not care what people think about their music. So it just gets out there, it gets weird sometimes. But they have a distinctive sound and they lean into it and they just rock so hard because they're not thinking about anything except what they want to do with their music. And I kind of feel that vibe with UNRB, just seven self-assured band nerds playing really loud. Do you have any EPs out? Yes, we just put out our new EP, Collateral Jamage, back in June. That was uh, our CD release party. It was also our tour kickoff party. Um, and the title track, Collateral Jamage, has been getting some pretty good local airplay. Um, that's a really fun track right there. It clocks in at exactly three minutes. And that's really, I'd say, the first song that started my approach on this less is more songwriting style. Because um, I pulled out pieces of the song. I wanted to leave stuff in, but at just three minutes, it had everything I wanted to hear. It moves along pretty quick. Um, and it's, it's one of my favorite songs that I've ever written. Have you contemplated a name for the new album? No, that's, that's something that just kind of happens. The name of our first album, we figured out when we were at Cracker Barrel on tour. <laughs> Uh, we were talking about what we wanted to do with uh, the album, and it was our first thing that we really put out there. So our trombone player, Andy, said, well, we want to inform the masses. Like, we basically want to put something on the map that people will hear. And that phrase, inform the masses, just stuck. And we, and we joked that that should be the, the album name. Just like that we joked that the band will be called UNRB until we find something better. Uh, and UNRB stuck, inform the masses, is a great album title. Uh, collateral damage is a, a joke from back in high school with me and Nick, so that one stuck. Um, what does UNRB stand for? Many things. Uh, let's see. It could stand for ugly nerds remaining bachelors. <laughs> Ukulele never rocked better. Usually nobody recognizes Ben. It's a phenomenon. They'll walk up to the horn players and... They'll say, you did such a good job on the saxophone when he was playing the trumpet the whole night. Um, it's, uh, it's lead singer syndrome. Everybody wants to talk to the lead singer. Everybody wants to talk to the drummer because Eric is extremely animated. Sometimes I think he's an octopus because he's playing such complicated parts. He must have extra hands hidden somewhere. Um, but then the horn players are just standing in a line. And, and you can pick them out of a lineup, but you might not know their name or, or what they played. It's like, that's the guy with the tattoos. Yeah, I remember him. Um, so UNRB just, you know, we like to, again, have fun with it. Uh, we encourage people to come up with their own version of what UNRB stands for. And typically, the drunker they get, the more outrageous the responses. <laughs> and where do you see yourselves in five years? Um, hopefully, touring. Uh, that's, that's our next big thing right now, is we, we really want to tour. Some of our friends in the Bay Area, are in very successful bands. They have the capacity to go on longer, larger-scale tours. And we're looking at what they've done to get there and where we are now. And we're not very far behind. I think we're taking steps in the right direction. Five years got us from a band that was just playing for the hell of it in our drummer's garage without air conditioning. 
to right now, and we've we've clearly defined some goals for UNRB. We know what we want to do, what kind of band we want to be moving forward, and we still feed the uh, not limiting ourselves and keeping things loose into our long-term goals because that's our personality. That's never going to go away. Um, but now we're treating the band as a business also, as a, a brand that people call it selling out and I don't really want to, you know, quote sell out like we're UNRB, eat our brand of cereal um, but we really want to take our music and put it out there to as many people as we can because I think it's music that a lot of people would enjoy and it's a shame that more people don't get to hear it as it is so we want to take that out on the road to as many cities as we can, play it for as many people and just really get the name UNRB out there as far as it'll reach like maybe the UK. Yeah. What, about, hey. what about the festival scenes that happen all across the country in the summer? Uh, we're a very good festival band. Just We played Gasparilla Music Festival actually right here in Curtis Hickson Park earlier this year. And uh, since we're Tampa Bay locals, we decided we'd really dig in on the theme and dress up like pirates. And I've never been to Gasparilla Music Festival before. Terrible secret. Um but I thought it would be a little more pirate-themed, and it was it was not pirate-themed. We were the only seven guys dressed up like pirates, but people loved it. And uh, the bigger stage you put us on, the more room we have to run around, jump up and down, just be silly guys. Um, and so I think if we're going to go touring, those festivals, like we did Summerfest up in Milwaukee this summer. On the way back down, we hit uh, Sunset Concert Series for Southern Illinois University. That was an absolute blast. I mean, the entire town showed up in a, in a field like this. It was just, I couldn't see the end of the crowd. I couldn't see the end of the crowd. It was amazing. And so with hopefully Warp Tour coming up, um, and the U on our bus up and running now, that's going to be a major factor for us getting out to those festivals. I think we can set up a string of dates to really tour a lot the next two years and get U and RB to where we want with the, the, new, the new album. I've got one more, and this is based on the friendships within the band and the fact that you guys have been friends for so long. Is there a spiritual glue that holds you all together? Do you do, like, something to pump up before you get on stage? Or how do you, how do you stay friends? I've, I don't know how to answer that. We don't, we don't go to any particular lengths or pains to stay friends it's it's effortless um we've been through so much together we've all hit highs and lows with the band and our personal lives um on the on the business side of things i mean we're we're musicians we're best friends but we're still people and and things happen from day to day and we've all helped each other out when we really needed it um and we've shared our mutual successes as a band, it's uh, every major milestone that happens, you kind of step back a little bit, and you're not the band anymore, you're just a guy realizing that, wow, I got a picture on a cover of a magazine, or this is an album that I'm holding in my hands, this didn't exist until we decided it should exist, so there's still that, that sense of excitement and awe that really never leaves any of us, and so... When you go through that many emotional journeys over and over again with the same people, you just get that bond. Um, 
And uh, a couple of people have, have thought that maybe we don't get along very well because we've known each other so long that we just make the most ridiculous jokes. And, I mean, they're outlandish. They're raunchy. And sometimes it kind of seems like we're picking on each other, but it's just because we're best friends and we know the UNRB style. And, yeah, ultimately, I wouldn't trade anything in my musical career for those guys. I want to keep them around. I love the PSA you did about musicians <laughs> on YouTube. We're going to have to put that in the article, too. The PSA, how did that come about? Um, we wanted to promote the CD release of our first album back in 2013. And we wanted to put out a video, something that people could share. And we wanted to sit down and, you know, tell people to come out and listen to the album. And we were a young band. We didn't know exactly how to go about doing that, just sitting down and straight telling people to please listen to our music seemed a little corny at the time, so we wanted to take a, a fun, weird, absurd angle with it, and we made a PSA to stop musician abuse by telling people to come out and support their local shows, because otherwise the musicians won't be able to afford to eat, and then uh, we did this like black and white slow motion montage of crying musicians in cardboard boxes holding their trumpets. Uh, and, and Sarah McLaughlin was playing, and uh, and you know like uh, Dan at the very end is like lying across my lap like he's you know a small dog, but he's an average sized man and I'm a tiny guy, so you get that size difference. And I'm gently petting him and like this is one of the many victims of musician abuse. Uh, so if if there's a way to make it if there's a way to make it comedic, UNRB is going to go that route. A lot of our songs on the first album are satirical or straight up parody in nature um we've got a song that we're working on right now for the new album it's very red hot chili peppers influenced and we heard it in the opening riff and instead of leaning back and shying away from it the working title of that song is called sex and drugs in southern california it's the most chili peppers so that's that's our style we uh we never really shy away from anything Last thing I want to say is, what would you like to tell your fans? What, or Is there some kind of message or anything that you would want them to know that hasn't been out there? It's been out there before, but I'm always going to say it again. Thank you. I don't think I can ever say that enough. Uh, Ska's not the most mainstream, commercially viable genre. That's never really bothered us. But one of those moments where you step back and realize how fortunate you are is when you see how many people are embracing this style of music that not everybody likes. Uh, the greatest compliment I can get is when someone says, I don't like Ska very much, but I loved watching your band. And they buy an album, and then they comment on Facebook that I love track three. Something like that. Like, they really invest their time, energy to come out and see us at shows. Like, they, I've gotten to know a lot of fans. I, d I had no idea who they were before they came up and talked. I saw them at shows. And I, I went up and, and talked to them again to just see how they've been doing. They turned into friends and uh, it's, it's been great getting that closeness. That's something I wasn't expecting when I started the band with these guys, but it's turned into one of my favorite parts, right up there with the, the freedom of creating your own music, is just like seeing these people who care about you so much, and you care about them in return. Um, and that's part of why our shows are so high energy, is we see them really rocking out to us, and that gives us the energy to jump that little bit higher. 
and it, that's completely optional. Nobody has to do that for us, and they do, and it feels amazing, and I'm never going to stop thanking people or letting them know how much that means to us. So thank you. Thank you, all of you, so much. You're listening to Rock at Night. Thanks for the intro melody. It's called Get On Down by Billy Bass Alford. Thanks. Thanks.